To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. Good morning, this is Rose Cushing, and I am the host of Carolina Writers Speak. And this morning, our guest is Stuart Lee, and Stuart is from the Clayton, North Carolina area, a member of our Triangle East Writers Group. And Stuart has done some very, very interesting writing in his career, lots of different really complicated technical things. And I think you're going to enjoy listening a little bit about Stuart's journey and the processes that he went through doing all these different types of writing. So Stuart, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, always had an interest in in writing. And actually, was never as a young student was never very confident in my writing. And I had a teacher that one day pulled me aside after reading a short story that I wrote for class and told me, "You know, you have something there. It's something special, and I believe we can do something with this short story." And I think that's really kind of what got me on my journey. Uh, I started out wanting to be a teacher and taught English, uh, 10th grade English for a little while. And went back to school and got degrees in marketing and journalism. Started writing for a local newspaper and then started doing public affairs for uh, the local South Carolina Farm Bureau. And not too long after that, somehow I found myself in Washington, D.C., writing uh, technical responses for Secretary of State Colin Powell for congressional investigations and different things that would come into the State Department. And I'd have to sit and do deep dive research in, into the issue and just really invest energy and time into technical documentation. And a couple of years after that, I was in Maine working for NOAA Fisheries on uh, endangered species programs, doing outreach, public affairs, and policy work. And while I was doing that, I had the opportunity to really spend time doing the fun part of, of writing in a, as a career as a public affairs specialist, doing press releases and stories, and then even wrote one of the largest um, watershed education curriculum books uh, for K-12 that you can still find on different websites, uh, on NOAA websites, and even our local soil and water conservation district sites. 
And since then, I've continued that journey. I've been writing, um, working for USDA. And then even when I served as the White House team lead for Strong Cities, Strong Communities under uh, the Obama administration, I uh, spent a lot of time writing special interest stories, um, wrote an executive order that was signed by the president. And then even today, sitting here at my desk, I'm, I'm still writing out very detailed, complex policy issue determinations and a lot of technical stuff. But on the side, throughout all of that journey, I've always been writing um, on the side different stories, um, uh, short stories and poems and anything that I can that's the fun side of writing um, that, that allows you to be far more creative. Uh, in, in, in what you're putting together. But that's a brief history. I've, I've been around the block when it comes to, to writing on the technical side, the, the marketing side, the um, special interest and, and human interest side. And it's been a fun journey. That's a very complicated lot of stuff that you were describing there. I, as a news reporter for the paper, I used to have to cover like town events and stuff. And I have huge respect for you to be able to dive into that stuff because it is so boring and find out all the details and make it into something readable and, and understandable and important. That Kudos, buddy. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because my wife uh, went to school to become a, a technical documentation specialist. That was She went to an engineering school, and when she reads the things that I write, she she always is, you know, that's too flower, flowery of language and you need to shorten that up and just get to the point. And <laughs> then I come from a completely opposite background. So I find that doing something where I'm writing uh, very technical uh, policy or responses to very heated and complex issues, that having the background that I have, knowing the public that is reading this, having a, a more um, broader view of writing actually helps me to be more successful than such um, technical mindset. So I think that uh, I just was talking to some young students on a robotic team uh, that I'm a mentor or of, and they were talking about being interested in, in technical documentation. And I was encouraging them. I was like, you know, really embrace writing from um, a fiction or even nonfiction, but where you're really looking at, at reaching people, communicating with them, because it will help you with these complex um, topics that you might face writing on the technical side. Because right. People want to get bored and lose interest. And you, you've got to have a little bit of a touch of, of the, the fantastic, you know, in your writing when you're doing something that's complex and, and technical, just so that people can have a connection to it. You're absolutely right. I, I was reading something yesterday that said that the idea to being a successful writer is not having the most weird and unusual stuff. It's having stuff that's relatable. And I can see where in the technical world, that would be very important because if people don't buy in, your technical document didn't do any good. You are so right. You are so right. <laughs> Yeah, so you said you write a little bit of fiction on the side, so tell me a little about that. Well, because I'm always writing stuff that's so um, policy-driven or or 
related to legal issues or um, complex science, uh, I have to clear my brain and get those creative juices flowing. So uh, I try to set aside a t time throughout uh, the, the month where I just spend about an hour trying to, to brainstorm different ideas for stories or, or whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Sometimes it's as basic as trying to, you know, write out a cookbook based off of, of family recipes. Right. Uh, but more recently, some of the things that I've been focused on are things from one story I'm really excited about is looking at a place called Shiloh Landing in Edgecombe County and, and writing a somewhat nonfiction fiction story about what that location was and, and how it became what it is today and the impacts that it's had on um, Eastern North Carolina and, uh, and African-Americans in our, our community. Mm -hmm. But from the aspect of uh, a generational story of, of a family uh, right. who's originally brought in as slaves to Shiloh Landing, marched through the street through Edstone, um, to Tarboro and Edgecombe, and then generally, generationally, what that looked like um, through, you know, um, emancipation, um, or Reconstruction, Jim Crow, Civil Rights era, um, it, and just bring it all the way to today and, and talk about perceptions and how perceptions are built over time and I'm looking forward to getting very far into it. I've, I've mapped out my my outline and started playing around with character development and um, getting my historical facts and figures and data all as accurate as I can. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. But outside of that, uh, I still spend time trying to come up with blog stories and anything that's creative uh, just to get get that out of me. Right. Well, that's going to be a really interesting story at Shiloh Lane. I worked on the Tarboro newspaper for two or three years, and I still write for the Welcome to Tarboro magazine. So I'm very familiar with that area in Princeville and, and that what you're talking about. So I'm excited. I can't wait to talk to you in more detail about that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, because of where I was on that White House Special Counsel, I spent um, two years in Rocky Mount. And one of the things that I found interesting when writing speeches and preparing um, presentations was spending and investing a lot of time in learning about the psychographic aspects of why people make the decisions that they make and how that leads to understanding perceptions and respecting perceptions and how they've been developed over time. And for me in that area, one of the light bulb moments was actually going down and, and visiting the Shiloh Landing and, and walking around and really just just a, spending some time to reflect on just how important that site is. And yeah. I find that after thinking things out in that level of, of detail, the psychographic aspects of why people believe what they believe and make the decisions that they make, actually when it comes to writing fiction and nonfiction, it gives you a greater depth of understanding um, the characters that you're creating because you could start to envision them, especially in fiction, as real people and what was their historical journey 
it would have been if they were real. Why would they have made the decisions that they would make? And from that, you can really start to build out scenarios and, and, and ideas of how they would respond as if they were real people, you know, in your story to the situation that you're putting them in as you're writing. Um, so it's, it's one thing, one approach when I write uh, anymore is to always look at this deep dive aspects of, of human nature and, and why people believe what they believe. And, and if it's a fictional person, what would the, so what the situation they would have been in, what would that have been like and how would that have shaped their decisions and how they would approach whatever I'm putting them in and whatever I'm writing. That's fantastic, and, and what a, a smart approach because, you know, it, it, and as you well know from marketing, whenever you're you're doing something for the public, it, you, you kind of have to picture Susie, and she's blonde, and she's 40, and what is she like and not like, and, you know, and in, in your characterizations and your stories, that would be so integral and such a smart approach. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, you know, it's interesting when you take that approach with your writing, um, or, or even when you're looking at marketing, you're marketing a book or you're marketing a concept or you're working with a publisher or you're trying to figure out how to relate to a particular group. When you, when you look at these old school marketing approaches such as, you know, your demographic profiles or your, your psychographic aspects of, of who you're writing about, you know, real or, or fictional, it starts to change as a writer how you approach human situations out and about when you're meeting people just on the street, how much you're writing and looking at detailed aspects of writing, how much it shapes your daily interaction with the people around you. It's one of the things that I talked about when I was teaching years ago is how important writing isn't just about putting words down on a piece of paper. It's, it's about thinking deeper about the human character and the human spirit and the decisions we make and why we make them and how we make them. And then, Taking that and not only putting it down on paper, but finding a way to, as a human out and about in the real world, in the non-literary world of, of the pages that you're writing on, how do you take these concepts and shape the way that you interact with people to better relate to them, to better understand? And that cyclical path of writing characters and understanding their characteristics that you think they have based off of where you put them and how they would relate to other characters can really start to help you as you start to interact with people just walking around because you start to think about these processes. So I know that as a teacher, I would always tell kids, it's so important to to write and spend time writing and truly um, um, spend quality time with the characters that you're writing about or that you're making up or that you're, you know, trying to report on and identifying in your notes of while you're writing, how can I use what I'm writing about now as the opportunity to better work within my community or better communicate with the people that are out and about. Uh, so it was one thing that, and I still do that when I, I work with kids is, how can we take the lessons that we learned from writing and use these in real life situations? I think that's fantastic because, you know, as a civilization, everything that we know, everything that we've learned was written, told to us in a story or featured in art. I mean, and that form of communication has been around since the beginning of time. So if you are an effective communicator, 
and you understand where other fellows are coming from, you know how to relate your point to them better, that leads to success in every facet. Yes, it does. It does. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting when we look at the way that we teach anymore and curriculum and, and the world, it's, the written word, in a lot of ways, I think just kind of like our interaction among people has become quite disposable, if you think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that there's so much of that's missing in the world today when we really spend time investing in kids and the appreciation, respect, the history, the arts, the, the threads of connectivity between that and just how you operate in the world. And we're really missing, I think, that fit today with, with, well, not even just young kids. I mean, even as adults, we've, we've gotten so far away from it. And there's so much value, um, in self-awareness that I think comes in, in writing, being a writer, really investing in the word that you're putting down on paper, really thinking deeply about the impacts of what you're saying, the follow through of what it means. Um, or the implications of the words that might um, be held by those who are reading it, the, the details of the story and the character development. We've really done a disservice, I think, um, to ourselves by having such a disposable wor world. We think of the products we buy as being disposable. I, I think it's just as much of a detriment to society that we have such disposable writing, you know, these characters of, of 20 some characters or less that just, you know, are, are kind of throwaway comments or, or these disposable um, posts that go on social media. It, it doesn't carry the, the depth um, that just people could, could actualize by spending time truly investing in writing, being a writer and understanding the value, the art, and the importance of it. I wholeheartedly agree, Stuart, because when you when you do the modern day communication, you don't think about what you're saying before you say it. And, you know, because it's throwaway. And but often it's misconstrued by people. So the the ability to be able to think about those words and put exactly what you're trying to say in perspective on the paper is a really lost art, unfortunately. Yes, yes, it is. So you've done a million things. What's left on your bucket list? Oh, goodness, that's a good question. I, I was talking to my kids this morning because um, I have one that's uh, sophomore in, in high school and start to think about, you know, what does she want to do, be, where she want to go to school. And I was telling her, I still <laughs> don't know at the age of 47 what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. I, I really would like to uh, get back into teaching a, some kind of way um, at some level. And I'm not sure where and what and how that future will, will look for myself, but I, I do enjoy working with students. Um, so I, I do think that that might be next for me. I really desperately want to figure out how to to have the time to finish um, my my story about 
um, Shiloh Landing and, and get yes. that out there. Even if they get published, just the fact that I have something that's, that's complete, that I've, I've been able to finish because, you know, life gets in the way. And sometimes the hardest thing is, is not only to come up with the concept of what to write, but to actually finish what you've written (laughs) because things just get in the way. Um, But ultimately I think that's it. I'm looking forward to eventually um, working with either adults who want to understand the value of the written word or, or how to, to plan out uh, a career or, or a better respect for writing or to work with young adults uh, who are interested in, in bettering their skills in, in writing. Uh, so I think that's, that's probably what will happen for me in the next 10 to 15 years is what I'm looking forward to is, is getting back into that, that aspect of my life, revisiting right. something uh, that's good. Right. If our listeners out there would like to contact you or read some of the things that you've written, is there a place that they can follow you or, or see some of your work? Well, by all means, anyone can reach out to me. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. That's Stuart Lee. Um, I'm, I'm right there. If you if you type in Stuart Lee, you'll, you'll, I'll pop up. Okay. The other thing is um, you can read some of the things that I've written um, in my career. You could do a search, Stuart Lee, um, USDA. Okay. Uh, you're going to find some good articles. There's one that uh, I'm still love to read called The Church Moved by the Hand of God. It's one that I wrote about um, um, Swan's Quarter, North Carolina, and about a church that the town wanted to move from one location to the other, but the landowner wouldn't sell it. And after a couple of weeks of of that being what the determination is, we're not going to sell this property to you. A storm came in and picked that church up off its foundation, floated it down the street and around the corner and deposited it right where the town wanted to move it anyway. And (laughs) and still to this day, there's a sign that says church moved by the hand of God. So you can do a, a search for Stuart Lee or Stuart Ashby Lee and look up USDA or, or, um, Strong City, Strong Community, or you can find me on um, social media, uh, on Facebook or Instagram. And please reach out to me. Let's chat. I'd love to talk to you. Very, very nice. It's been a pleasure talking with you this morning. Thank you so much for being on the show and giving us a new perspective into the the value of the written word and learn about what you've, you've done in your past life and the amazing things that you've been part of. That's really cool. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you and to share. And and I'm looking forward to hearing other people come on this podcast and, and share their stories. All righty. Thank you. And as always, folks, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for?